Up in the slums, of course, the fiend there lives a girl who looks so fine. Her name is Precious Betty, and I want to make her mine. Oh, Betty, she is so pretty, and I guess she is quite wise. But she makes her money selling her honey, having sex with other guys. This is Radio New Zealand News at 12. I'm Catriona McLeod. The Lonesome Buckwhips are dead. The Lonesome Buckwhips! Episode 2 of our multi-part series is entitled Life After Death. It examines the months between the sinking of the inter-islander ferry Aruhura and Gary's arrest and interrogation as an accessory to poaching. These months would have become known as the Buckwhips' dead period a period when the authorities and the country music world believed the Buckwhips to be deceased. An extensive search of the Wellington Harbour shores and coastal areas of Cook Strait for the bodies of Artie, Benny, Mirry and Gary Buckwhip has been abandoned. The sudden and unexpected death of the Buckwhips has shocked many. Uh, I didn't even realise they were alive. Sorry, the lonely wood. I was absolutely devastated. They weren't a loss for the music industry, but I felt terrible for their friends. Dead? Shit! Billy owed me 50 bucks for beer! Oh, no, uh, I wouldn't say they were enemies. Barry Saunders of the well-known band The Waratahs. Once I figured out who they actually were, I became fond of the Buckwhips and proud of what they achieved. Plus, when someone dies, you have to milk it. Country 210 here in the south and coming in at number 16, it's Barry Saunders with Goodbye Lonely Buckwhips. Goodbye Lonely I never knew you at all You were such a pack of fools I'm glad you didn't go. Goodbye, lonely friends. I'll see you down in hell. You were such a pack of fools. I'm glad you didn't go. That's Barry for you. He had 15 years to kick us when we were down, but he's the next level of chicken. He poked our body with a cold stick. Perhaps more than anyone, the Buckwhip's Uncle Fiddles felt their loss most keenly. Devastated. Without Benny to drink my beer and Mary to play my slot machines, I had no real income. But the initial period of adjusting to their own deaths took its toll on the band, especially on Murray and Benny. All our debts were cancelled, the fines were written off. It was very peaceful. Some people say it's like a calm nothingness. I totally agree. But 
well, that's kind of what I feel like all the time anyway. I'd have been happy to spend the rest of my life sitting in the bush being eaten by sandflies. Alas, it was not to be. Well, I didn't feel like I'd died. I felt like I'd been born again, you know, a clean slate and all. For the first time in our lives, it meant that, you know, we were actually able to do whatever the hell we liked. See, I'm a scholar of history, and I discovered a pattern over the years. Elvis, Tupac, Jesus, and Saddam Hussein, all of them became even more popular after they died. So I realised that we were in a really unique position to exploit this phenomenon by releasing a posthumous album. Uh, Mitty was going on about a unique position to exploit this phenomenon by releasing an album. F***ing Mitty. Benny was still shaking from the reception of his last album. It takes a lot to shake Benny. I mean, this is a guy who thinks nothing of downing a bottle of scotch and then taking our neighbour's microlight to 40,000 feet. I don't shake easy, but albums are like my babies, and when your baby gets banned, that hurts. It hurts right in the feelings. And Dolphin Sandwich, Songs to Poach By, was an album very dear to my heart. And shit, I didn't know poaching was illegal. Detective Inspector Raymond Banks begs to differ. Benny Buckwhip had 603 convictions for poaching. Over his career, if you can call it that, I'd prefer not to, he'd been caught with 400 kilograms of undersized power, countless trout, 10 tonne of whalebone, oh, and in one month he single-handedly exceeded the entire South Island quota of bluefin tuna. The last time he tried leaving the country, he was found to be incubating a kiwi egg between his buttocks. That's just an urban legend. A slight jacko in those kids. Truth is, when it came to recording an album, I just didn't want to expose myself emotionally like that again. Gary Buckwhip had some real doubts about the wisdom of going back into the studio. I'm making a record uh, it's tough enough at the best of times. You, you need inspiration, you need the studio, the distributor, the finance. And, and on and on and on, and that, <laughs> that's for a normal band. But when you're working with the Buckwhips, well, <laughs> Benny won't set a foot in the studio until he's drunk a slab of beer, but he's about six times more professional than Mitty. Hey, look, um, there's a studio tape of us trying to record the B-side into uh, our 98 single Love in the Face of Adversity. It's a shambles. Uh, yeah, account number 6258, race 4, 5, 8 and 13, 500 dollar trifecta. 3, 8 and 6, 500 dollar trifecta. Yeah, same race. Uh, and 7, 3 and 13, 500 dollar trifecta. Um, and I might just take a winner, what would you recommend? Don't tell me you don't know. I know you know, that's why you work for the TAB. Buddy, would you please get off the keep, phone? Keep your hat on, Gary. Hey, Benny, Benny, what's your favourite number? Taj Mahal! There's not a number, Benny! Oh, really? Okay, uh, hey Benny, Taj Mahal's 14 to 1! Yeah! Whoa! Whoa! When Benny gets excited, he barks like a dog. But Artie didn't want an album either. As far as he was concerned, the band had done its dash. I was married, I was happy, and I was dead. And if you're happy and dead, then there's no need to make art. 
but then everything changed overnight. It takes government departments a long time to register that someone's passed away. Especially when that someone is collecting the benefit under 60 different names. Yep, Artie's personal bank accounts had been frozen, um, but thanks to all his other identities and the fact that Mitty had stopped gambling, he was actually filthy rich. That's why Artie didn't want to record. In a way, I think we were really lucky that someone dobbed him in. <laughs> I have no doubt it was Mitty that dobbed him in. He was lying around the lean-to, drying possum skins by the open fire, basically being very unproductive. I've got no idea who dobbed him in, but the change was instant. Then Artie took the initiative and visited Benny in his bush retreat to suggest the idea of a new recording. Artie! What's with the slab of beer next to my sleeping rock? It's for you, Benny. We're recording a new album. Whoa! Whoa! Time to make some music. I was stoked. Unlike the others, I actually enjoy music. We had the songs, we had the time, and then Mitty announced that she had booked Mutt Lang's home studio outside of Wanaka. Mutt Lang? What? You're kidding! Mutt is probably the greatest record producer in the world. He, he turned Def Leppard from a hairband with a below average number of limbs into what was the biggest selling rock and roll act of the 80s. Well, after Leopard, Matt went on to produce a little side project of his called Shania Twain. Mitty told us she'd contacted Matt and booked time in his studio, which was just over the hill from where we were. Um, Mitty's a very charming person, but for him to want to work with us, what a coop! Well, I saw an article about how deaf Leopard were touring Europe, and I thought, well, he's got a lovely studio, and he's obviously not using it. We turned up at about 11 o'clock at night and I asked Mitty for the key. She handed me a brick. Everything was perfect. We had a place to stay, we had a studio, we had however long it was going to take. I rang Mutt Lang for his reaction to the band's use of his studio. What? You're sure I come from South Africa? Doesn't mean I like people breaking into my house. I was fine with the broken window, I was fine with them using my studio, and I was nearly fine with the urine on the floor of the vocal booth, but to physically open my fridge, to rummage through my egg box that's their private on it, to eat my roast garlic hummus and my capsicums, that goes to show you what kind of people the buckwhips are. I can't even make a salad for Shania, and that don't impress her much. No, no, no. I'm Afrikaans. What? You heard. We wanted this to be the best album we'd ever made. Its working title was Life After Death. And we took the process very seriously. <laughs> Benny even put on a wig and pretended to be Mutt Lang. Killer.
this album wasn't going to be released until it was perfect. Right! All killer, no filler, Gary! Ow! Oh! Benny! I was really looking forward to working with Matt. Benny in a wig was no substitute. I asked Gary about the actual musical process within the band. Well, yeah, you know, musically speaking, recording with the Buckwhips generally means a, a lot of work on my part. But Artie suggests it's not that simple. Oh, whatever. Studio sessions with the Buckwhips generally involve Gary yapping on and on about how awesome he is. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, I am the most talented musically. <laughs> No denying that. Uh, Mitty's got skill, uh, but no application. Benny treads the fine line between you know, genius and incontinence. And Artie, well, Artie's about as good a singer as he is a brother. The lonesome buckwheat. again at a quieter. You're damaging the sound gear. Okay. The lonesome buckwheat! No, 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 no! You're going the wrong way! I can't is... hear it! I can't hear it! Can you pitch it for me, please? Yeah, Mutt's gear was a, a huge help. And with my expertise, I managed to turn this... The lonesome buckwheat! Into this. Basically, I cut Artie's vocals out of every track. That made it way better. But there's always the question of where the songs come from, where the creative ideas germinate. I've been writing a lot of complaint letters, and amongst that was a lot of poetry. Benny Buckwhip. And, well, I, I went and sat in the bean patch I just planted inside Mutt's conservatory. Uh, I'm not sure how I ended up there, but it was a life-changing experience, both for me and for popular music in general. Hey, guys. You got something, Benny? You bet. Check it out. Well, it's a packet of beans. Uh, no. It's inspiration. Mitty, can you just pick me out a tune in G? Uh, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to bust over this. Try hold on, okay? I'm with you, Benny. Artie! What's up? Oh, recording. Yep, Benny just started reading from the back of a packet of seeds. Moderately fertile soil. Moist, well-drained, friable and sunny. Yeah, yeah. Remember to sing, Benny. Oh, yeah. Tracking. Moderately fertile soil. Moist, well-drained, friable and sunny. I recorded this first take on a, on a simple guide track and then from that grew the version that actually wound up on the album. 
and moderately fertile soil, moist, well-drained, friable and sunny, planted eight centimeters apart, next to a stick in a vertical position. It's from the point of view of the bean, uh, which is a point of view that was underrepresented in modern music up to that point. I am a member of the Lejeune family, harvested before maturity. I am a superhero with an ability to fix atmospheric nitrogen in my roots. I am a bean, I am delicious. Sometimes I have strings, sometimes I am stringless. It's sonically lushing. are the most popular. But the bones are still there. Titan bean. Mung beans are the second most popular type of bean. Soybean, navy bean, broad bean, black bean, string bean, green bean, and zuki bean, wing bean, velvet bean, temporary, runner bean, jack bean. That's in order of popularity. I'm delicious. Artie breaking a chair over Gary's back just happened somehow. We decided to keep it in. Brilliant. We were writing songs that showcased everyone's talents. A lot of the great country songs are about loss. And, well, uh, I'd suffered a terrible loss. The loss of my benefit. And I wrote from that place, you know. My name is Tussie, I'm a little bit slow. Now you have to speak more clear. I don't understand big words like fraud. Because of my glue ear? Do I ring you in the middle of MASH? Just leave me the hell alone. People like me have got work to do. I mean, oh no we don't. Oh please don't take my benefit. Oh please don't take my benefit. My benefit. I need to pay the waratahs cause they do my laundry Don't take my benefit away from me We let Artie record it, but then well, we had to distract him so I could re-record the vocals. Hey Artie, I got a treat for you. Um, why don't you just step into the lounge? I was just going to listen back to my vox. Oh nah, it sounds great, come on! Check this out. Wow. A room full of skins. <gasps> that is a big possum. Well, that's a cheetah. What about that one? Uh, that's a cheetah. Is that a possum? Uh, it's a cheetah. Where did Mutt get so many possums? Mutt's South African. The Lonesome Buck Waves! Wapitititit hui. Um, 
there was an idea of I've been working on with Gareth Farr. Well, it was it was his idea, but I, I just thought I'd steal it. <laughs> at first, at first, it was hard to tell uh, whether it was going to be a three-minute track or a, or a three-act opera. It's based on uh, Madame Butterfly, set during the Land Wars. What I wanted to do was to use soundscapes to, to tell the story of two dogs from opposite sides of the conflict who meet and fall in love. There's Pinkerton, the Pakeha Bull Mastiff. He's a dog of war fighting for the colonial army and Puridehua, the Māori Bijon Frieze. She's a hairdresser. They meet on the battlefields of Parihaka and he's transfixed by a smile. You're the most beautiful bitch I have ever seen. Ooh, you're the biggest one, What's your name, you shapely dog? When I was 17, I got caught committing a lewd act in a public place. Instead of prison, I was sentenced to do a national tour of Once Were Warriors, the musical. I've been interested in Māori culture ever since. Have you been eating native birds? No. Power. I know I've just met you, but it feels like I've known you a thousand years. challenge. How could I use Māori tikanga to depict a graphic sex scene? This is what I came up It touches me in the feelings to realise that two cultures can live in bisexual harmony. Literally, it means when the dog of war meets the bitch of peace, they make the puppies of love. Shine down, you gods, and bless their union. Now, let us all celebrate and eat very bread. So, Rangihuya becomes pregnant with Pinkerton's child, but almost immediately his regiment is called away to appropriate a golf course in Kaitaia. So the story's based on real events? Absolutely. Uh, the lyrics for the, for, the, for the battle scene come directly from James Bellich's riveting account of the land wars. I was narrator because I went to a speech class once. He swore he would return. She waited and waited. She waited a thousand dog years. About seven and a half months. Her puppies were born. Still she waited. And as she waited, she began to howl. Away. 
ancestors joined her call. Well, my original intention was that Waipiritehua would be a, a five-disc companion track to the album. But once we realised that the Japanese symphony orchestra was unavailable, well, we decided to use Benny's narration to cut the last four and a half discs down to 30 seconds. Eventually the war came to a close. News came of his return. She rushed down to the cabin, gasped in horror. There he was, servicing his new bitch. A border collie schnauzer cross, vicious as all buggery. In her grief, she ran all the way north and threw herself off Cape Rianga where she exploded into the billion tiny pieces we now call stars. Veturangi. Sometimes, when you look up to the night sky, you can hear her calling to her puppies. <laughs> Live with the white dog. Learn his ways. But always remember where you came from. What's your name, you shapely Nine incredibly well-produced songs, mm. but we were missing something. The cornerstone. Yeah, the one track that would tie it all in together. So I called a meeting. Okay, guys, we need some ideas for a really big song. Oh, hey, I went into town the other day, and the council turned the water off for half an hour while they fixed the drains. Couldn't get a coffee. So. Couldn't get a coffee. I mean, they still had the Has beans to Has anyone actually make. got a song idea? Hey, what about Van Morrison? If he's stuck for ideas, he just goes... ...and records it. No, 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 we're not doing Van Morrison, okay? We're the, we're the buck whips. We're, we're gonna do better than that. Jesus. That became a 15-minute B-side. And not a lot of people know this, but Artie set it to the tune of the wheels on the bus. Go round and round. I thought the first track could be a Kate Bush-type expressionistic number, just to set up the theme of life after death. Artie's and Mary's open the gates of hell. I can see you. The gunshot represents death, and my screams represent life. Roman chariots, Roman chariots, Roman chariots. Roman, 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 Roman chariots. 
after I heard the guide track for Midi's song, Arteus and Mididice return from the gates of hell, open bracket, in a chariot, closed bracket. I suggested to the band that we might have reached a creative plateau. Gary, how many cups of tea have you had today? Three or four? Four, I've had four. And, and how many cups have you used? A couple. Would it kill you to use the same cup? Oh, well, it might do, Benny. Depends how much bacteria is. Oh, stop dripping coffee through the sugar bowl, Gary. Hey, guys! Guys, I'm trying to make something here. Oh, Gary! Watch your mouth! What are you going to do about it? That's it. Get out of your pigs! Boys, boys, I think we could all use some fresh air. Benny, clean Gary up and take him for a drive. Artie, you and I are going to stay here and have a a real epic Fine. Benny said he wanted to go fishing, and so I tagged along. And we got down to the Tyree mouth, and Benny whipped out this massive net. If you want to catch a lot of fish, you need a big net. He dredged up anything that was living in the mouth of the Tairi River. Then he buggered off into the sea with a snorkel and he came back two hours later with five large sacks. What's in there? Power. They look like tiny pebbles. Trust me, they're power. Quick, chuck this in the boot and let's fang it out of here. Uh, uh, you know this is leaking. Oh, stop being such a wind again. You're arrested. Just shut up and give me Fish police. White Daniel Window, please. Shane Turner, fish again. Uh, what have you guys been up to tonight? Fishing. Oh, that right. Um, what have you got in your boot? Power. How many? Too many. Benny can't tell a lie. Not since he drove his car into a ditch and the pipe went through his brains. So, in a sting situation like we were in, it didn't help that he's physically incapable of dishonesty. Well, no. <laughs> Gary's full of night soil. I can do dishonest stuff. I just can't lie about it. Mr. Um, Pakafipi, you are charged with the crime of poachery. How do you plead? The usual. Excuse me? Oh, um, gu guilty. Mr. Puckerfippy, this is a court of law, not a fast food outlet. Will you tailor your language to that appropriate to this court? Okay. Uh, look, look, can I downsize my sentence? I find you guilty as charged and sentence you to 200 hours community service. Whoa! Jackpot! Have a nice day. Remove the defendant before I charge him with contempt. It wasn't contempt. I was genuinely ecstatic. 200 hours community service at Ocean View Primary School. Great. I've been there a few times now. It's always good catching up with Caleb and Manny. They're nearly eight, so they're getting better and better at Foursquare. I knew I'd have to up my game. 
Gary found himself in a very different position. Well, Benny had just given them his, his Māori name, Pakafipi, and they'd bought it, no questions asked. But for some reason, the cops put me through the griller. Now, we knew it was them from the get-go. The fisheries officer had arrested Benny several times before. Chief Inspector Raymond Banks. Ah, we got the courts to play along, though, because we wanted to handle this our way. And the path of least resistance was always going to be Gary. You've given your name as Nari Bakafipi. Is this correct? I. There's no B in Māori, Gary. My name is Nari. Give it up, Gary. We've got your fingerprints. Oh, shit. We thought you were dead. I am dead. Oh! Then why can I do this? Ow! And Penny Pakafipi is actually your brother Benny, isn't it? No! Ah! How many of you survived? None. I ate them all at sea. Questions. Where's Artie? When they played me the tape of Gary's confession, I, I thought it was the drum track for a stadium rock anthem. Why are you doing this? Oh, you're a nice kid, Gary. But in the big picture, you're just a twig. I want to go after the trunk. We know Artie's a criminal mastermind. Artie? Yes. Artie Buckwhip? Yes. My brother Artie? Yes. Gary was the youngest, and by the time Mitty had sunk my earnings into the pokies, there was nothing for Gary to know about anyway. So he didn't. You ever heard of uh, Richard Manning? No. Deborah Cole? No. What about potato chips, Kinnenberg? Ring any bells? No. I honestly, I, I don't know. Tussie, 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 loud. <laughs> That's Artie. That's a fake name he uses to scam wins. They're all fake names he uses to scam wins. What about Madge Curran, Elra Cooper, Clifford Lyons? No. You're telling me you don't know anything about this? No. Well, what about the fighting dogs? Yeah, of course. Wednesday's fight night ever since I was a kid. It's awesome. Want to come? No! I don't want to come. I want to stop it, Gary. I never want to see another dog fight or another old person freeze to death because of your brother. I've got an offer for you, Gary. I don't want you to answer right away. In exchange for immunity from prosecution and not having to go back to jail, would you be prepared to betray your brother? and bring him to us. Join us next time for the next episode of our multi-part series as we examine the aftermath of Gary's decision and the events that led to the Lonesome Buckwhips recording their multi-platinum album live at the Gold Guitars. Goodbye I never knew you at all 
Yeah, yeah. 